0: Hi, Joel and Suzanne. Hi, my name is Art Wimberly.
1: Hi, my name is Lauren.
2: Hey, Suzanne, my name is Brad.
1: Hi, Suzanne, my name
0: is
2: Chelsea. Hi, my name is Mark. Hi,
3: my name is Sarah. Hi, my name is Nicole. Hi, my name is Rachel.
2: And hello, everybody. My name is Joel, and you're listening to the Anagram Journey podcast, usually with Anagram godmother Suzanne Stabile. But today, we have our second episode of Others on the Journey, this week featuring all of those Anagram ones that we all love. We get to hear about inner critics named Ingrid, Aunt Lydia, and Miranda. It's in first person, it's in second person, and they're not all American. Today, we hear from Australia and the Great White North. Aside from what you'll hear here, you can find some written submissions from Anagram Ones on this episode's podcast page at theanagramjourney.org. You know what else you'll find there? Enneagram face masks. That's right, nine anagram types and nine masks. 100% cotton and all the other good stuff that includes saving 20% when you order by August 18th and you get free shipping. All nine numbers love free shipping. We all just love it for different reasons. Grab masks for the whole family today or for your group of friends. Use that mask to continue to stay safe out there and enjoy the journey. Hi, Joel and Suzanne.
4: My name is Jessica e- and, uh, I'm an Enneagram one. My inner critic um, tells me that I cannot have any desires. I think early in my life, um, I'm a practicing Catholic and went to Catholic school my whole life. I think somewhere along the line, my inner critic merged with the passage from Matthew 25, and I took it very literally. And to me, God was always sitting in judgment and telling me that if I didn't give away everything and get rid of all of my desires... Then I was bad. And um, it's been a relief to learn that that's not the voice of God in my head, that the inner critic is another voice. It is a huge relief to know that I don't have to strive to meet its requirements the way that I thought I had to. Um, I'm in a 12-step recovery program, and that's helped me um, learn a little bit more about serenity and about letting go and so coupled with my knowledge of the inner critic now um, I have more peace than I ever have before and I learned that my desires are good um, and I can trust I can trust a lot of them
5: hi Suzanne thank you so much for your podcast and for everything you've taught me about the Enneagram My name is Becky Noel. I'm from Alberta, Canada, and I would like to answer your question about the inner critic. I am an Enneagram 1, and I'm learning to identify my inner critic. So usually, um, my inner critic has sounded like people that are close to me in my life. They might say something that sounds like a criticism, or they tell me something that I could improve, and their voice then becomes my inner critic for a while. I've named my inner critic. That's helped me to know when actually that's my inner critic and not the people around me criticizing me. I named her Bela Gulvig. I chose the name because it sounds similar to my first name, Bela and Becky, and because my husband and I can kind of laugh at the name. So we can talk about Bela and say, oh, Bela's really negative, and she's she's not right, and she doesn't have any facts in her criticisms. And the way, another way that I have been able to work on my inner critic is to be able to bring up thinking, like you've talked about, um, to be able to tell Bela, actually, here's all the things that make that not true. I write a list at the end of the day of the things that I did accomplish, and I can, you know, tell Bela, hey, like, look at all the things I've done. That's not true, that I'm not enough, that I haven't done enough.
1: Hi, I'm Renee. I'm an Enneagram One, and I'm here to answer the question, what has been my experience with my inner critic? Don't worry, I've recorded this message at least a dozen times just to make sure the one I submit is exactly right. I've studied the Enneagram now for a little over three years, and the most surprising discovery that I've made after realizing I'm a One is that my increased self-awareness does not decrease the inner critic. It only allows me to recognize it more quickly. But my inner critic is the nudge inside of me that has me constantly reassessing almost every scenario that I'm a part of. If there's a tension in a relationship, If there's a miscommunication, if something goes awry, it's an immediate spotlight on me to think through, what did I do? How is this my fault? What can I do to fix it? Because clearly something's amiss and either I have played a part in creating that or I need to play a part in making it right. And that voice doesn't go away. That nudge doesn't relent.
0: Hey there, Life in the Trinity. Scott here from Austin, Texas. I know you recently asked about Ones and inner critics, and I'm a One, and I definitely have the powerful inner critic. I've been challenged a little bit in what I've heard from you, Suzanne, about the inner critic, giving it a name, because I don't feel like my inner critic is third person at all. It feels first person. Um, So when I hear the inner critics talking It's, I can't do this, I didn't do that. It's never speaking like a you did this or you did that. So it's a little tricky for me to figure out how to give a name to something that is in my own voice. And yet I don't think it's negative self-talk. It really is an inner critic. It's relentless. Um, As you say, it never tells me I did good. In fact, it really gets in the way for me to ever think logically about I did good at this or that was good effort because the inner critic immediately discounts that or casts doubt on it so i'd take any suggestions you have for how to make peace with or name an inner critic when it really actually feels like myself and not a an outside voice or persona thanks so much you guys are doing awesome ministry take care hi
3: i'm answering the question to ones from episode 90 My name is Anne, and I'm a one. And when I first started learning the Enneagram, I had some confusion about the inner critic. Because of the way I heard it described, maybe by Suzanne or other people, I assumed the critic would speak in the second person, that I would hear it say, you are terrible, you did a bad job. But since my critic speaks in the first person, saying things like, I did a bad job, I am a failure, it was very hard for me to identify her at first. I'd been listening to her my whole life and mistaking her for myself. Second, I wanted to share that it's been very, very difficult for me to identify and listen to that other inner voice, the one I can trust, or also called the Holy Spirit. Because my religious upbringing emphasized the notion of original sin, I walked around for most of my life With this bedrock assumption that no matter how good I might act, I was fundamentally depraved and that my own impulses ought to be ignored or suppressed. Probably a lot of people with that upbringing and not just ones uh, might feel that way. What has been helping me to find my inner wisdom is something called compassionate friend meditation, where I allow that wisdom to come to me through the image of a separate being or beloved saint. Probably for anyone in the dependent stance, it's easier for us to trust wisdom when it seems to come from someone else rather than ourselves.
6: Hi, Joel and Suzanne. My name is Lindsay. I'm from Mississippi. I am an Enneagram one, and I wanted to respond to the question you all asked last week. The difference in my inner critic and a voice that I trust I feel like whenever I hear the Holy Spirit, I really like actually feel it in my body. My stomach drops, my eyes bug out, I catch my breath, sometimes I cry, my hair stands up on my arms. I mean, not all those things at one time, but it's usually a very visceral feeling that I feel in my body. Whereas my inner critic is just always nagging, never shuts up, um, just very critical, harsh, judgmental rehashing conversations. It's not a helpful voice. And my, what I feel like is my intuition and or the Holy Spirit at different times results in more of a conviction or an action step is very clear. It makes me very reflective. I often need to process it verbally, that kind of thing, um, as opposed to my inner critic, where I just feel like it's just voices in my head constantly. So something that's really helped me is a stillness practice and I've actually started incorporating meditation, short meditations into my daily Bible reading and journaling, and that's really helped. And I just pray for discernment that the Lord will show me the difference in those two voices. So I hope that helps someone. Thank you for all you do. Hi,
7: I'm Claire, and I'm a one, and my inner critic's name is Nancy. Naming the voice has been really significant for me. It's helped me become more aware of when she's taking over, And it's helped me come against the things that she says rather than adopt them as my own. My inner critic sounds like me, like my actual voice. And often what I consider as thinking is actually just my inner critic talking. So separating out my inner critic voice from my thinking has been a really important piece of Enneagram work for me. My inner critic spends a lot of time questioning and checking my motives I notice that Nancy really revs up after something performance or leadership related when I'm in front of people. The wheels kind of start spinning like you said something wrong, you offended someone, you didn't represent yourself well, you weren't even qualified to say what you said, those kinds of things. I notice that uh, when I'm accessing more for behavior, my inner critic is quiet. So the better I am at checking in with my feelings, the better I am at managing my inner critic. Um, Another thing that's really helpful for me is to verbalize exactly what Nancy says in my head to someone else. Most of the time, this is to my husband, who's an eight. Um, I will speak it out almost like I'm reading a script and then he's able to talk through all in a clear and logical way with me. Um, Sometimes I just need him to remind me of the truth. And then other times he'll ask me questions so that I can arrive at the truth on my own.
8: And I'm an Enneagram One and I'm calling in about the inner critic. I would describe my inner critic as mostly a quiet chatter of instructions or helpful hints or tips on how to not make a mistake or look stupid or take a bad picture or be seen as too much in this situation. I have a lot of why did you wear that? and you need to be sucking in your gut. You have a double chin. It's pretty exhausting, but it is quiet for the most part. I have named my inner critic Aunt Lydia, which is an evil character from The Handmaid's Tale. And there are times where Aunt Lydia seems like she's a friend on The Handmaid's Tale, and you almost can confuse her for someone who cares about them. But then when deep down, it's really, she's evil. And that's how I feel that it is, it's like also kind of like the mean girl in middle school who you kind of thought was your friend and told you, do this, don't do this, do this. And you really found out that she never had your best interest at heart at all. That's how I feel about the inner critic.
6: Hi guys, this is Lindsay again from Mississippi, and I just want y'all to know that I took notes for that last little call that I made. I prepared for it, and now I'm still going to sit here and rehash everything that I said and wish that I had said it differently. Just wanted you to know that's a true Enneagram one. Again, super thankful for all that y'all do. Love hearing from Whitney and her podcast too, because she's a one, and I really appreciate that. Thanks. Love y'all.
9: Hi, my name is Kelly, and I'm an Enneagram one. In my two year journey with the Enneagram and counseling, I'm working toward giving my inner critic words. What I mean is I experience my critic as a deep down knowing. These knowings are not truth, but they are powerful and they can shift my action and attitude in the blink of an eye. For example, if I walk by a pile of papers or laundry or a mess that I haven't taken care of, I'll experience rage without quite realizing why. So through the practice of careful attention to these shifts, I am slowly giving my critic words. When the critic has words, I'll hear myself think, ugh, worthless piece of, look at all that I haven't done. I can then see it as a lie, and once I recognize it as a lie, I can take a deep breath, set it aside, and move on. So the inner critic is a force that always points me toward the lie of my worthlessness. It wants to eviscerate me. It causes me to have a painful gut reaction of shame. Side note, it uses very salty language. My self-talk, on the other hand, is less visceral, less emotional, and as I move into my second half of life, it's beginning to be more logical and kind. Thank you.
10: As Enneagram Type 1, I think my experience with my inner critic, who I have named Nurse Ratchet, for those of you who have read uh, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, um, is probably different than what I believe the rest of the world experiences. Until I went through the Enneagram journey, I thought everyone had a voice that was critical, demeaning, condescending. And I've come to realize that that's not true. Um, That I have to fight the battle in my head about the voice that I hear, that is always down on me, that is always criticizing everything I do, that is always calling into question anything. And I think for me, it's been a journey to differentiate that that is not true. That is not of, uh, for me in my journey of faith, that's not the Holy Spirit talking to me. That's something evil and is only bringing out evil and to silence that, um, I think has been the biggest eye opener for me that nurse ratchet does not have my best interest at all. Um, my voices of my friends, obviously the voices of what I believe is the Holy spirit does, but that nurse ratchet doesn't.
5: And I need to ignore it.
11: Hello, Susanna Joel. My name is Nathan and I am Nanyagram one and as with most enneagram ones, when I found out about the inner critic, I was astounded that not everyone had this voice. But as I have stopped to reflect on my inner critic and how I relate to it, it seems that I divided into two portions in my life: my work, which is in finance, and my personal life. I find that in work, my inner critic serves as almost an ally. To keep me true, to keep me uh, perfect and pushing forward and to perform at an extremely high level, and only really attacks me at a point of completion and review of a project. However, in my personal life, I do find more of a critique from the inner critic, where it's often in the inane points of life, if I mowed perfectly straight lines in the grass, but also in points of relationship and my own personal study, as I have a background in theology. I've never named it. I have never seemed that I really need to tell it to leave me alone. But I have almost formed sometimes what seems as a symbiotic relationship with my inner critic. Hi Joel and Suzanne,
12: it's Becky and I'm an Enneagram One. The name of my inner critic is Miranda, after Miranda Priestly in The Devil Wears Prada. Miranda is very driven by her high standards, and she expects perfection from herself and those around her. She's often heartless and even petty in her criticism of others. Many times my inner critic sounds as blunt, insensitive, and harsh as Miranda does. I think my inner critic is negative and shaming. And I know others whose self-talk is much more reassuring, calming, validating, and encouraging. My mom often makes insensitive, judgmental comments about others that she labels as simple observations, often missing the reality of the harm they cause. I think it's possible that my mom is also an Enneagram One. I thank you for your latest Q&A podcast and for all the work you do. I'm Cathy, a one from Melbourne, Australia.
13: I'm married and have two teenage children. My inner critic is Bernice, an ever-questioning, not-kind and never-amused kind of character. One of the main ways I've learned to keep Bernice away at the beginning of my day is to employ my favourite spiritual practices, things like daily walking my dog and praying the prayer beads and sometimes morning pages and yoga. I can differentiate my own voice, my own inner voice from Bernice by spotting the motivation behind my thoughts, words and actions. If it's evidence of a desperate need to create calm, appear good while feeling bad, get back at someone for not recognizing my hurt feelings, my hard work or their inappropriate behavior, it's Bernice. If I can access a sense of balance, calm and kindness, then it's more likely to be me. Your education around stance, work Suzanne, has helped me significantly to see how this works. Bernice thrives in the land of feelings and action. Effective thinking makes her small and quiet. I can see in my own life that the more I employ thinking intelligence, the more chance I have of hearing my own inner voice. However, when it comes to parenting teenagers, I find it really hard to differentiate between being a critical parent and just being fair and appropriately firm. I'm feeling this keenly at the moment with respect to my 14-year-old daughter, who I think is a four or seven, and often has me feeling ineffective, hurt, and helpless to know what to do next. Suzanne, I greatly appreciate ideas you may have for a one on effectively parenting a four or seven while still being true to themselves. I sure know you have the experience.
9: Thanks. Thanks. Suzanne and Joel. My name is Aubrey and I am 24 years old. I identify as a one on the Enneagram. I remember having an inner critic from a very young age who told me I was never good enough and often echoed criticism I received from others. When my parents divorced at age 12, I learned to differentiate my inner critic from the Holy Spirit because the Spirit was more of a comforting presence and less of an audible voice. I knew it was the spirit because he reminded me that I was loved by God and had infinite value, which was certainly not a voice coming from anywhere within me. During my teens, I named my inner critic Brie, a shortened version of my name because it sounded like me, but was definitely distinct from me and not always to be trusted. In recent years with self-development and learning the Enneagram, I have been able to internally dialogue with my inner critic intentionally. I hope this helped. Thanks so much for your teaching.
4: As an Enneagram One, I have learned that I do have that voice that speaks to me. I didn't see it for a while, but I did figure it out. And while a lot of my voices are not very kind to me, more recently, sometimes I do have some nice things to say to myself. And that's a nice new twist. I don't have a specific name for my voice, except I sometimes do refer to her by my given name, which is Deborah Sue, which
3: is not a name I go by. But anyway, happy Enneagramming. Hi Suzanne, my name is Liz and I'm an Enneagram 1, responding to your um, questions about the inner critic. I wanted to specifically touch on the difference between my inner voice uh, that I trust and my inner critic. First of all, my inner critic's name is Ingrid, and the way I can tell the difference between Ingrid and the voice that I trust is that Ingrid kind of lives in my head, and the voice I trust lives in my body, so I try to really tap into the um, being part of the body triad um, to listen for a trusting voice. Um, If the should is coming from my head or the, the thoughts are coming from what I feel like is Kind of inside, uh, kind of inside my brain. I know that that's Ingrid. So hopefully that's helpful. Thanks.
14: I'm Laura, and I'm an Enneagram One. The question was about um, how your inner critic is different from self-talk. I find that my inner critic is—it's not just critical, but it's extremely critical, and it's often illogical or irrational. And a lot of times it will pop up in really random places it pops up where it doesn't belong I'll be having a really good time and my inner critic will you know pop up with something that doesn't make any sense um so that's how I can tell that it's my inner critic speaking is just when you know I'm kind of I'm caught off guard by it um what I have been able to do through Enneagram work is differentiate um my own voice and the voice of my inner critic. And I have found, delightfully, that my own voice is, is can actually be very compassionate. Um, as I've done work with the Enneagram and have been able to say, it's good enough, it's time to rest, um, I found that to be really self-soothing. Um, the other question was about whether or not you, you hear it as a parent's voice. I don't, I don't experience that. Um, I do think that my inner critic comes um, from me but I do not think that it is me. Um, And so that's how I've been able to differentiate um, between the voices.